Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. I hope you'll all check out the all-new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, and even some classes. Check it out, zibbymag.com. Kristen Miller is the author of The Change. Kristen is a groundbreaking feminist author in YA literature, best known for her popular Kiki Strike series. In addition to writing novels, Kristen spent 25 years as a strategist in the advertising industry. During that time, she worked for some of the largest agencies in the world, as well as boutique agencies and an eight-person startup. She's proud to have quit at least two of these jobs over ads and incidents described in The Change. 
the change was a Good Morning America book club pick for May of 2022. Welcome, Kirsten. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss the change. Oh, thank you for having me. I saw you at Dean Koontz the other night, the uh, other day. He I did. He, he's the reason I don't sleep at the, that I have to sleep with the lights on these days. Oh, so, no. <laughs> I read all of his books when I was probably 10 or 11. And yeah, it's, uh, it warped me. Oh man, I know that's how my brother was about Stephen King. He like that's how he got into reading. Actually, you know, it's interesting how what turns people on to like you know not being able to put books down. Like right, you, sometimes people need different things. So. Yeah, absolutely. Stephen King, Dean Orkins, they're they're great for getting started. <laughs> yeah, actually, I had the most fascinating conversation with him about publishing in general. Anyway, you should listen to this. It was really. I, I will. I will. That was it. It's it's on my on my to do list. You no, know, I'm. I, it's like presumptuous. I mean, you're in the middle of this massive book tour and everything, but it was interesting how he, he moved over to Amazon publishing and how the, the, the change in format from mass market paperbacks, how the ripple effects of that have really affected the whole industry. Anyway, I found it really interesting, but back to you. (laughs) Okay. So for people who aren't familiar with your book, The Change and congratulations on being picked for GMA book club and all of that, what can you tell them about The Change? Yeah, so it's about three women who have gotten into their late 40s. They're around my age. And they have discovered that, you know, with this age, they have developed sort of unusual powers. And there is Harriet, who has been, you know, kicked out of her job. Her husband has left. And she has vanished into her beautiful modern house. And everyone assumes that she's been eaten by cats but she hasn't. She's actually been undergoing a metamorphosis and uh, sort of learning that she can do things with nature that other people can't. And then there's Joe, who is filled with rage and and hot flashes and all of that sort of stuff. She, she learns that she can control all of that. She can control the sort of the fire and the fury within her and use it um, to her own advantage. And then there's Nessa, whose husband has died and her two daughters are off at school And her life has become so quiet, she realizes that she can hear the dead. And the three of these women meet each other, and they discover the body of a teenage girl who's been dumped on the side of the highway, and they refuse to accept the official narrative about her death, and instead go looking for her killer. So (laughs) it's, it's a little bit crazy, but it's a lot of fun, I think. Where did this come from in your, like, okay, from the beginning, with all these different characters, how did you piece this all together? Inspiration, all of it. Oh my God. I mean, there were so many. Inspir- I feel like when I'm writing, I feel like a bird collecting little pieces of string from here and a little bit of tinsel from there and a little bit of, you know, shiny, sparkly stuff from somewhere else and putting it together into a big nest. So it's never, I, I can never pinpoint one inspiration, but I can tell you I was really mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, there's a story that's told about, you know, when women reach their late 40s, early 50s, and, you know, society no longer has much of a need for you. And I think that that's absolutely ridiculous. And I looked around at all of my friends and all of the women my age that I knew and thought, these are women who are smarter, more experienced, you know, gorgeous, like, you know, more economically self-sufficient than, you know, they've ever been in their entire lives. Why are we being told it's time to step aside if this is our best? 
So I really wanted to rewrite that narrative and present this time of life as, as what it is, you know, the most powerful time in a woman's life. I could not agree more. In fact, I'm often saying this because so many authors write in their 40s, 50s, like this is the time, right? The kids are a little older for those people who have kids. You're, you've come into your own of who you are as a person. You hopefully, knock would have like many decades left to live. And it's like, go. <laughs> I think it's great. I think you should get a letter on your 40th birthday, like hold on to your hat, like life's about to take off. I totally agree. I think, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I had a friend who turned 50 a few years ago and I wrote her this long birthday card and it was basically about, you know, you've reached the age where you know who you are. Yes. You know what you're doing. Yep. There is nothing stopping you. Yes. Go, do it. And I, I really feel that way. So that was, that was the, one of the biggest influences. I just, I wanted to rewrite that narrative. I love it. Meanwhile, when you were describing Hannah in her, you know, modern house. Th- with- oh, Harriet. Yeah. I'm sorry. Harriet. Yeah. What am I saying? Harriet. At first I was like, oh, she must be like, I don't know, 70, 80 years old. You were like with the hair flying and, you know, and then, she, and I'm like, wait, 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 she's supposed to be in her forties. You know, impossible. Um, <laughs> anyway, I guess well, I wanted of- it to be a surprise. Like, you know, yes. building up to sort of you're expecting a certain kind of woman because that's what you've been trained to expect. Right. Yes. yes. And then she opens the door and it's somebody very, very, very different behind yeah. it. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a shocking revelation for a lot of people who have been expecting this little old lady. Cause that's how t- Society often treats women in their late 40s. And no, here's this vibrant, you know, wild, amazing woman who's, you know, been in the house <laughs> having a lot of fun by herself. It's like, uh, it was, it's sort of like COVID, right? You haven't seen someone in so long and then they finally open their doors again. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I loved this whole section about Rosamond. Can I read a little piece of it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. People always said they couldn't imagine what she had gone through. Rosamond knew they weren't being sincere. Of course they could fucking imagine it. What? Sorry for the cursing if my kids are listening. What happened to her was their worst nightmare. You get right to the brink of glory and fame. The girl who takes your cash at the supermarket loses her shit when she realizes that's you on the cover of People magazine. Famous brands literally beg to sponsor you. Nike has a campaign just waiting to roll. You've got your own line of swimsuits and lingerie ready to launch right after the games. Then poof, one day you slip on a patch of ice and tear a ligament. Suddenly everything you've worked for your whole life is gone. Of course people could imagine it. They just didn't want to because no one wants to admit their world is that fragile. No one wants to think that in less than a year, they could go from being America's sweetheart to a drug-addled drunk. But they could. Rosamond never bothered to point that out. She was content to sink into her own private abyss. She didn't crave anyone else's company. Oh my gosh, (laughs) love that. Thank you. Yeah, she's an interesting character. You're the first person that I've I've spoken to about the book who's brought her up. I think I've always she's I wouldn't say she's one of my favorite characters, but she's I think one of the more interesting characters. Yes. You know, because you know, it's there are there are women in this book who go out and hunt down evildoers and seek vengeance. And then there are women who are not able to do that for one reason or other, or refuse to do that. So I really wanted to make sure that it wasn't just, we weren't just presenting men as bad, which I 
definitely don't believe and women is all good, but really everybody is sort of a mixture. And um, she's one of the women who, yeah, who's, you know, a little bit more unfortunate than the three main characters. And I, I love this whole notion of like, people saying they can't imagine it because people say that all the time, right? I mean, this is so common and I think it's just, people just don't know what to say, right? People often say the wrong things when they're just completely at a loss and yet all it does is make you feel even worse. Like not only has this bad thing happened, but it's so bad that you can't imagine this. Like it's, it's almost like, you know, I don't know. It's just more offensive. I feel like yeah, one of the other alternative responses, like, I'm sorry, or that must have been terrible, or tell me about that. Or, Yeah, I, I heard somebody talking about, I mean, it was in the context of talking to kids, and they were like, just acknowledge that it sucks. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, just acknowledge that it's terrible. You don't have to find an answer for it. You don't have to, you know, it's just, just yeah. things, bad things happen. And sometimes we just need other people to nod their heads along and say, yeah. I like this whole, this whole idea of letting yourself go. Cause like, what does that even really mean? Like, where are we going and what are we letting go of? And who are we, who are we keeping it all in check for? Yeah. Well, I think as women, we have historically, and hopefully it's, it's loosening up a bit, but you know, we've lived by a lot of rules you know, whether, I mean, societal rules, like internal rules, all of these there, you know, we're supposed to look a certain way. We're supposed to dress a certain way. We're supposed to act a certain way. We're supposed to, you know, we shouldn't be too bitchy. We shouldn't be too this. And at some point, and I think that this is an age where it becomes very, very clear why there's absolutely no reason. And the minute you free yourself from all of that, and you do what makes you feel good instead of what you think you ought to do for this, everyone else's sake, you know, it's incredibly liberating, you know, and you have more time and you have more energy and you have, you know, more confidence than you did before. Yeah. I think I, I'm a huge proponent of, I'm not saying like, let it go. Like, you know, yeah, no, yeah. don't take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of, you know, you do what you want to do instead of what you think you have to. Um, Wait, so now I'm just so curious about your own life because um, yeah. you seem so, you know, well, tell me about your, tell, just tell me more about your own life and some of the choices you've made. Cause you, you're like such a badass, right? You're just, oh my God. Well, yeah. Thank you. Well, I was in advertising for 25 years. A lot of Harriet's career <laughs> is taken directly from mine. I actually, I worked in advertising for a little while. I worked at Ogilvy and Mather and Young and Rubicam. And- I worked at O&M for, I had worked at Ogilvy and Mather for a couple of years as well. Oh, yeah, we, we can talk about that offline. Okay, anyway, um, yeah, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, as you know, it's, it's a world that on the surface looks very, you know, open to women. And once you get into it, it often is not at all. You know, so I spent a lot of time in the corporate world really banging my head against a lot of walls. And which, which job function were you in? I was a, an account, I was a strategist, an account planner. Oh yeah. That's the account. That's what I was doing. Oh, really? I was was an intern. This is like forever ago. I was an intern in college and then again during business school, but I loved account planning. I thought, Oh oh my God. It's so much fun. I I have to like, everybody's like, Oh, advertising was great. The actual job itself. I loved, like, I loved the detective work of it. I loved the, the writing, you know, of it. I loved putting together gorgeous presentations. I loved that. It was sort of the, 
you know, it was, it, it was the politics of it and yep. often gender politics of it that was, you know, especially since what annoyed the hell out of me, you know, more than anything was we're selling stuff to women. <laughs> you know what I mean? Women buy almost everything. <laughs> And, you know, so it's, it's very, very hard to sit back and, you know, talk to a creative director who's like a 35 year old, you know, dude, you know, who's telling you that, you know, that he knows better than you do what, you know, a woman of your age is, you know, looking for in face cream. So anyway, so that was, but, you know, so I, I spent a lot of time doing that and writing really became, I started writing in my first book came out in 2006. It was a young adult series called Kiki Strike, which is about six delinquent Girl Scouts who discover an underground city beneath Manhattan. And it was very, very, it was pure girl power, which at the time was unusual. We've got a lot more, thankfully, a lot more sort of strong, you know, girl power slash feminist stuff for young women now. But at the time it was pretty new. And that became, you know, I, I did both for a long time and then gradually, you know, started doing more of the writing full-time. Hi. That's not, that's our house guest. So that's okay. I'm literally uh, in the worst place imaginable. It's fine. Ready to, it's fine. It's ready. fine. No, it's my fault. Anyone can walk by. I've made it. It's totally fine. Ethan. I was fine. just thinking how funny it would be if he had like a Bigfoot costume. Yeah, be- right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's completely my fault. Anyway. So yeah, that's, you know, so that's my, that's my career story. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. So then why pivot to like, I don't even know, women's fiction sounds, it's like the worst word, but why, why a novel? Why for grownups? Well, I, I spent a lot of time writing books with the actor Jason Siegel, who I love and had a wonderful time of it. But when I came out of it, you know, I've been 
you know, working with somebody else is, I mean, I'm not going to say it's difficult because working with him was wonderful, but it's a different experience. And so I came out of that and I thought, I really want to do something for myself. Mm-hmm. And I really want to do something that I feel very, very strongly about and passionate about because I do have a lot of, you know, deep held beliefs. And I went back to my origins. I went back to sort of the girl power, you know, stuff that I started writing in the first place. And instead of writing a book for the 12 year old me, I wrote a book for the 49 year old me because, you know, I, I think there's a, it's not like I'm the perfect messenger, but I do feel like there's a lot that women my age need to hear, you know, it's, it's things have changed, you know, and yet we're still absorbing and believing all of this bullshit that's from like, who knows, dates back from, you know, the 1950s. And it's time for us to move on and, you know, recognize that we're, we're literally the most powerful generation of women to ever exist on the planet and to make use of that power and to change things for the better. Do you think we could organize ourselves a little better? I feel like that's the, we don't have like a cohesive group of like. Yeah, I think more than anything, I was thinking about this the other day, what I would really love to see is I would love to see, maybe it will be you. I would love to see like a female talk radio slash podcast person who, is as popular among women as Joe Rogan is around among men. You know, somebody who, you know, I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan, but like, you know, somebody who can speak to everyone and, you know, is, you know, is able to discuss subjects in a way that people want to hear about. And I think that's really, really important. I'm happy to be the most popular podcaster on earth. Yeah, Let me know what I can do, you know. <laughs> I mean, this is like, you know, this is, I, you know, whatever, Joe Reagan's controversial, whatever, you know, I've listened to a couple of his podcasts. I'm not a huge fan, but I do know people who are huge fans. And, you know, what they talk about are, oh, I listened to Joe Rogan the other day and I learned all about climbing mountains, you know, or I learned all about, you know, this, that, or the other. And I really think there's a space for women to do that particularly since there are so many issues that have never been talked about. Like what? My mother, growing up, my mother maybe uttered the word menopause once and it was not in reference to her, you know? And that's, this was a woman who would have felt free to talk about literally anything. But for some reason, that subject was verboten. And I think that's a real shame. And there are a lot of those issues you know, I think it's, you know, even around the whole abortion issue, there's so much that people don't know that it would just be great for somebody to explain. Yeah. So I think that's communications. We've, we've done a poor job of that in many ways. And I think that could make a huge difference. All right. I'll just start talking about menopause. We'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. I'll share. You get the listeners and uh, we'll we'll see if it takes off. I'm sure people are really eager to hear about it. (laughs) Okay. Wait, tell me about the process of writing this book. This is like, there's so many characters and there's, I mean, this is like a hefty undertaking. This is not just like, you know, I mean, this is complex. How did you do this? How did you structure it? How did you, how long did it take? Like, give me the backstory. So I started writing the 
you know, there's there's a very simple narrative that strings it all together, which is, you know, these women find the body and they set out to find the killer of this girl. And along the way, other things happen. So there's like a very, very simple narrative. But along the way, you meet a lot of different women. And when I initially, I've, I've had the same agent for, you know, 16 years and she's extremely honest with me. <laughs> like, like, like to the point where I sent her something the other day, she was like, eh, just work on something else. I was like, eh, okay. It's, but, you know, we have that kind of relationship, so it's fine. And she told me, she was like, I really love this, but I want to know more about Harriet and Joe because initially, the, you know, that's why Nessa's backstory is sort of woven into that simple narrative because I always saw her as the lead character. And my agent said, I want to know more about Harriet and Joe. So I went back and I started writing backstories for Harriet and Joe. And as I was doing it, I just, I was like, why? I I had, those were so much fun to write and so cathartic for me personally, because that's where a lot of these issues, you know, are brought up and dealt with, whether it's, you know, the sexism in advertising or, you know, things that women face in other parts of the work world. And so I loved writing those. And I thought, I want to know more about every woman that's encountered in this book. So literally, I think every woman that you meet or every even remotely consequential woman that you meet has her own backstory chapter. And some of them are really short. I think there's one that's only a page long, but you get to know who these women are. And I think it just adds a great deal to the story. And, you know, it also added some pages, (laughs) but I didn't want to, you know, it's, you know, I, I didn't want to cut anything either. So I know some people are scared of a 400 plus page book, but I, I promise you it's, it's, it's really fun. (laughs) It's a quick, it's a quick read. (laughs) It's a really quick read and it's meant to be, it's not meant to be like Anna Karenina, you know, it's, I don't, I, you know, I wanted people to read it and have fun reading it and think about the things that it brings up, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that was my, that was my entire goal. Well, well done. I feel like you're doing pretty well on that then. It's going well, <laughs> getting the word out. Are you working on anything else? Yeah. So I am working on my next book and I, it's not a sequel to this, but I wanted to create, I, I do love the idea of a, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of the Marvel Marvel universe, but I do follow it, you know. And I just loved the idea of building this kind of Marvel universe of kind of witchy women. So the next book is set in the same town, but it's two different characters. It focuses on two sisters who have arrived to take care of an old estate that's been left to them by a great, great aunt. And um, along the way, they meet a couple of, like, Harriet pops in for a minute or two. So you know that you're in the same environment, but it's a completely different story with different characters. And, you know, you could start with either book. And I just love that. It's so much fun to play with that because you can make all sorts of little inside jokes, you know, about the town and what they see there. And, like, you know. Next thing you know, you're going to have, like, a theme park. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be awesome, right? right. You make your own potions there. Yeah. <laughs> I can see the whole thing coming, this whole fictitious world and the village and all the, you know, 
Maybe you could have like the characters be like those automatic things in Disneyland. Okay, I'll stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> the animatronics. Yes. The animatronics. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. That would be my dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> and what advice would you have for aspiring authors? I think that it's really just about so Quincy Jones used to talk about the secret of success was something called ask power. And ask power is really just the ability to sit on your butt for long enough for, you know, the inspiration to come because writing is hard, you know, it is. And, you know, it takes as I, I think determination is as much a, an essential ingredient as talent. And often, I mean, I've met a lot of people who are really talented. who just can't sit still for more than an hour. So you really, you know, it's, it's the combination of those two that end up making it work. I seem to thrive in the sedentary. <laughs> <laughs> I have no trouble. Some of us, some of us are gifted in that Yeah, way. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. <laughs> I'm having trouble actually becoming upright these days. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know what you mean. It's, uh, Yeah. I, I went on a road trip just recently and oh my God, I don't think I've walked more than 10 feet for totally. I'm like, I'm averaging 10 steps a day <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But once you're sitting down, writing is another story, you know, as opposed to just emailing or doing whatever else. Yeah. You have to, you, you sometimes you just have to wait and, you know, and it can be unpleasant, but when it gets going, it's incredibly rewarding. I always love the part where you, where I go back and read after I've sort of worked on something for a little while and you go back and you read it the first time when it all hangs together and you get kind of, I can feel the excitement growing because it's like, oh my God, this might actually have worked. <laughs> this might actually be okay. And then you start adding all the little details and that's a lot of fun. So cool. Um, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Um, thank you. This is, uh, it's really great to get a chance to chat with you and hear about the change and all of it. And now I'm, my mind is, is spinning with how to accomplish your goal. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think you should. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, take care. And I can't wait to read the next one. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.